an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. Rachel Gregory is a board-certified nutrition specialist, athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach, and author of the 21-Day Ketogenic Diet Weight Loss Challenge book. She received her master's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology from James Madison University and a bachelor's degree in sports medicine from the University of Miami. Rachel has a vast knowledge in science and application of the ketogenic diet for weight loss, performance, and overall health. She completed her first-ever human clinical trial looking over the effects of the ketogenic diet in CrossFit athletes, which is published in the International Journal of Sports and Exercise Medicine. Rachel has presented her research at national conferences and works closely with several doctors and scientists specializing in low-carbohydrate ketogenic style. Uh, Rachel is the founder and CEO of Killing It Keto and uh, the creator of the 21-Day Keto Challenge. She has worked with a variety of individuals through her career that include Division I uh, college athletes, WNBA stars, and some of the top bodybuilders in the world. She has a passion for educating those interested in optimizing their physical and mental well-being while improving long-term health goals. Um, Rachel's just such an awesome um, person to be talking to within this interview, and we get really deep into uh, you know weight loss with the ketogenic diet and you know what happens when you're a beginner in the ketogenic diet and then what happens sort of after that as well and trying to sustain it so this is a really awesome interview you're going to really love this um, so make sure you stick around she's going to give you some really uh, beneficial tips on how to you know lose weight using the ketogenic diet but also maintain your performance so please welcome Rachel Rachel from killing a keto how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. Um, I'm really excited to be doing this interview because I know that you're, you know, very performance-based with your ketogenic style approach, and uh, and you've got a whole bunch of really exciting things that have either just launched or that are, um, you know, in the books. But uh, I really wanted to ask a, a, a question that I. Um, okay, so I, I usually start these podcasts with like a, a question that people may not know about you. And you mentioned that you were a, a triathlete in college. How was it um, being a triathlete and and uh, and how was the transition to, to CrossFit for you? Yeah, so um, good question. So I, yeah, so I actually did tri- triathlons in college at the University of Miami for four years. Um, for, so for my whole time there. Um and I didn't even have the thought of CrossFit in my head when I was doing that. Um, CrossFit actually came later on in grad school when um, I was, you know, I was kind of pressed for time during my workouts and I needed something that was quick and fun and still competitive, but I could, you know, get in there, get a good hour workout in and then, and then you know, go on with my day. So that's how I really got into CrossFit initially. And I haven't um, done triathlons for a few years now, but I'm actually considering uh, taking them up again because I have, I actually have never done a triathlon while being, you know, in a ketogenic state um, because I hadn't discovered that until I got to grad school. So that's something that I have in the back of my mind and I'm trying to figure out when to actually take the plunge and, and start training again. So Oh, okay. All right. So, so um, I know that triathlons can be such a huge commitment to training because not only have you've got to do the running, but you've got the bike leg and the swim. Um, 
how how do you sort of envision your process on trying a triathlete with the ketogenic diet in mind and is there any tricks you've got up your sleeve that may may help other people listening as well yeah i mean just train in general i would say the reason why i enjoyed so much in college is because i was part of a team um Mm. so definitely find like a team or people that you can train with for sure because that's going to obviously um motivate you and that's um actually what i really enjoy about crossfit is that instead of just going to the gym every day and lifting i can go and have like a competitive aspect of it every single day um while being around people who are you know in it for the same reason um so that's why i enjoy that but in terms of you know training um for triathlons and also doing keto at the same time um, I'm sure you actually are more versed in the in this than I am because I've didn't done mostly uh, CrossFit training while um, keto. But um, yeah, I would just say, you know, become adapted and and be as educated as you can um, going into it. And yeah, that's my advice. Being like education <laughs> is definitely key, and and know your body too, and know that it's not the same for everybody. So something that you that someone might hear that someone else is doing it might not you know work for you so it's really finding what what works for you and what doesn't um mm, mm, yeah yeah that's totally important and and uh you know i guess as well with endurance activity and i guess crossfit as well would be very would be very similar is that you're always in a very high vo2 max like you're always pushing um the the limit i don't know what's what uh, distance the triathlons that you're looking to do are but y- you're generally like above that 80% threshold and you'll be you know tapping into that point where you're you're starting to lose the fat burning and starting to burn glycogen and and where you sit on that is is going to be uh, really interesting so i i'd totally be um down to to hear your results from all of that but uh you know i um i wanted to start off with uh how you got into the ketogenic diet in the first place because it's not always the thing that someone just stumbles across you you kind of have to like really dig and find it how did you come across the ketogenic diet yeah so that goes back to when i was in grad school um i came across it when i was looking for something to do my master's thesis project on and our well my advisor basically just said to go out and find a subject that um related to nutrition and exercise because I got my master's in uh, nutrition and exercise physiology. So the thesis had to obviously be geared around nutrition and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically said, you know, go out and look at the literature, find an area that you'd be interested in. That's something that that's new to you and that you haven't, you know, studied before because you're going to be studying it for the next two years. Um, so I chose the CrossFit Um, Actually, so my master's thesis was looking at the ketogenic diet in non-elite CrossFit athletes. Mm. And I chose CrossFit just because, like I said, it was actually something that I kind of stumbled upon when I got to grad school, just looking for a quick workout. Um, So I had a a CrossFit gym there and I had people who um, I polled them about, you know, if they'd be interested in a nutritional intervention. You know, didn't really say what it was yet until we got into the nuts and bolts of it, but people were interested and... It ended up being, we ended up having over 30 participants. So um, the next step was finding the actual nutritional intervention. And so I started looking into paleo um, and I was kind of, it was, that was, this was about th- over three years ago now. So it was kind of when paleo was really, you know, in the thick of things, it was super popular. Um, and then I somehow came across keto from, I found Jimmy Moore's book, Keto Clarity. Mm. And I was just like, what is this keto thing? Like, I literally had no idea. (laughs) Um, And so I read it. I ordered his book on Amazon, read it in the day. And I was just, like, fascinated by everything that he was talking about. Um, The main main thing that I thought was really cool was that you could actually measure, like, this substance in, you know, your urine or your blood and really see if you're actually following the, the diet or, you know, the protocol. And so that was kind of the first thing that registered in my head was like oh wow this is something that I can actually measure it's not just looking at the scale or people telling me what they're eating it's like literally I can see if you're actually doing this or not so I thought that was a really cool cool thing to implement into a study um so that's that's how I got it that's how I got introduced to keto wow okay so 
and and this is really interesting because as you said you know the um being able to test the ketogenic diet is very binary you're either you're either in or you're out and and you know after a while you may be sort of fluctuating in between the both with a little bit of metabolic flexibility or whatever it is but but ultimately as a as someone who's doing research and trying to find out whether their participants are actually following the diet that they've been given you can you can be very like uh definitive with that which is which is really cool like how did the people um react to when they were given the ketogenic diet was it like oh no this is going to be terrible (laughs) or was there a different reaction yeah so we well so what we did is we uh randomized uh the 30 it was like 32 participants into two groups and so one of them one of the groups was the keto group and one of them was the just following their standard you know what they were doing the standard american diet Mm. um and yeah there was some some reactions people were just a lot of people really had no idea what it was <laughs> just like i had no idea what it was until i started doing research and this was before like i said this was over three years ago so it, it's definitely not what it is today like no one knew what keto was they knew mm. what atkins was but they never really i mean there was maybe some people who heard of it but n- no one really knew they were just kind of like okay i'll you know do what you tell me or (laughs) so that's cool that's cool and yeah i guess like the the atkins approach was always the the low carb aspect but never really quite as high fat as keto was there any people who were who struggled to to initially keep the high fat um to start with and and was that something that you struggled with as well oh yeah of course so that's definitely you know the the whole fat phobia um that many people that is ingrained in many of our minds um, that's something that I definitely struggle with before. So before I got into the study, I obviously wanted to, you know, test keto on myself and, and see how it affected me. And, and definitely when I first tried it, I made so many mistakes. I, I was afraid of implementing more fat. So I went low carb, low fat, you know, felt like crap. Um, wasn't paying attention to my electrolytes. Didn't really, you know, wasn't, you know, we're told to implement more salt and stuff like that. I wasn't doing any of that. So especially during, during the workouts, I, I definitely was fatigued and, um, I struggle with it a lot. So being able to go through that myself and then also looking more into the research and, and, you know, different tricks and stuff to implement, that's what I tried to help them do going into it. So instead of, you know, going in blind, I gave them some guidelines and some things to make sure that they um, hit on. So if they were having low energy, making sure that they were getting enough fat and enough calories. Um, Mm. And then also definitely pay attention to electrolytes. So I think that that's, there's two of the main things that a lot of people who are doing um, keto and and implementing it with a type of exercise program is that they just jump right in and they don't they wonder, you know, why their performance is suffering. Um, and obviously, you know, we can talk about in the beginning, yes, your performance is probably going to decrease just because your body is adapting. Um, but there's definitely ways to help that, you know, help that along a little bit easier and faster than if you, you know, weren't educated in that area. Mm, okay. All right. So, so now this is really interesting because <laughs> this is uh, all of the stuff that I wish I knew before I started the keto marathon, or, or you know, even when I first started the ketogenic diet, I was uh, doing cycling at the time, and I'd always just be falling off the back, and I'm going, why is the what? What am I doing wrong? Um, and so you were saying that you know, increasing your fat uh, is really important for for not only energy but for um, for the exercise, you know, expenditure as well. So, so it's always um, something to keep in mind and the fat phobia is always going to ward people away from from you know eating enough fat but was there any particular like specific advice that you gave those people in terms of eating more fat like uh was it was it incorporating mct oil in it or was it mainly just trying to up your fat macro as much as possible yeah so going into the study i definitely wanted to take the approach of looking at a you know because I I was thinking about doing paleo, so I wanted to take kind of more of a keto paleo approach, so more of a whole foods um, ketogenic protocol, you know, eating as close to nature as possible, but also implementing the the keto low-carb aspect of that. So I just encouraged people to get, you know, most of their fats from whole foods, healthy sources, avocados, olive oil, coconut oil, all all that type of thing. Um, There wasn't a... The main... main, 
protocol for the diet was to keep their carbs under 50 grams and then um, fill in the rest with protein and fat. And that's another thing I didn't, um, I didn't have them set specific protein macros. Um, we measured them at the end and you know, the idea I told them keep their carbs low, keep their protein moderate and, and their fat high. Um, but there wasn't anything like, I didn't tell them specific, um, fat grams to hit for. Um, rather mm -hmm. I just kind of, I wanted it to be more of a real life approach. And mm -hmm. so some people like to track, you know, using my fitness pal, others didn't. Um, so that was kind of the idea was just to keep your carbs below 50 grams and implement, you know, don't be afraid of the fat. Don't be afraid of having a little bit more um, calories and energy at first. And then also implementing the electrolytes was, was huge as well. Yeah. So so let's tap on the uh, electrolytes for a little bit as well. Um, uh, I find that potassium is quite hard to get from uh, or in in large enough doses from normal foods unless you're eating a lot of spinach and avocado um how did you go about uh telling these participants to to get enough electrolytes was that mainly just adding more salt to everything and taking maybe supplementing with magnesium or was there a did you have a different approach to that yeah no that that was basically it you know just making sure that they're adding more salt especially in the beginning um as they're you know they're lowering their carbs they're lowering their insulin so their kidneys are excreting more water and as we know with that goes more salt so that was huge for that and along with salt other um other electrolytes so the main thing was just salt was the main thing and get it from a good source so not your average table salt like get some good himalayan or celtic sea salt use that um and then really just pay attention to getting whole food sources in so like potassium from avocados and stuff like that um that was the main focus oh really cool okay yeah um i've i've, I've just been recently tracking my micronutrients using an app called chronometer and it always comes short with the potassium and i'm like damn <laughs> but uh yeah no i definitely agree the whole foods approach and and when you're getting those nutrients with whole foods you're getting all of the um the other benefits from the whole foods but you're also getting the all all of the vitamins that help actually absorb that vitamin as well and exactly. it's not just like this isolated um supplement that you're trying to target like if you were to isolate potassium uh, you can potentially i think it's you can potentially overload your kidneys or your or your um mm -hmm. oh, i can't remember anyway yeah yeah but, that's why they don't offer like higher dose potassium supplements for 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 the reason of overdosing for sure but i totally completely agree with what you said about eating the whole foods and and those electrolytes can't really get absorbed unless you're having the you know those other nutrients along with it so i think that's super important as well yeah all right and um and and so uh yeah because I, I i've got a lot of friends who have um done crossfit or have done some type of exercise they've started the ketogenic diet they've found that their performance has gone way down uh and then they have just given up and w was there was there any point in the study where the participants were just like uh, this you know everyone else is beating me i i know who is not keto anymore because they're just <laughs> lifting heavier than i am w was there any points where you know you got to the point where you you weren't sure what the outcome of the study was going to be yeah so i when i initially went into study like i literally had no idea what to expect i you know hadn't been doing crossfit for that long i hadn't been doing keto for that long but i you know it was something that was like all right let's just do it and see what happens um but because i had you know tried it out for myself beforehand um and like i said kind of weeded through some of the the things that i wanted people to focus on i definitely explained to the people who were in the keto group that their performance you know in the first week or two will probably decrease you know their energy levels are not going to be where they were but as long as they push through it and you know continue to you know keep working out and and know that yes they're not going to be lifting as heavy these first few weeks and yeah they might be the last one you know at the end of the 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 run or whatever um just to kind of keep pushing through it and i think that um once they kind of got over there's some people obviously got over that hump faster than others um but just going into it knowing that and knowing that you know okay my performance is probably going to plummet a little bit in the beginning but if i'm you know if the goal for a lot of these people the ultimate goal was to lose some body fat so if that's the goal then i would say you need to stick with it um and then it just really depends like i said it depends on the goal too so 
if the goal is performance, then maybe you start implementing a few other things, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's really interesting as well, because a lot of people who, you know, either uh, exercise on the weekend and they're, um, I know I used to ride with a lot of cyclists who were, who were scared to stop cycling because they knew that they would put on weight. Um, <laughs> And, and it's a crazy place to be in because I'm sure there's a lot of people in CrossFit who are really scared to stop CrossFit for a week or two because they're scared that they're just going to gain weight. And so what was the, what was the outcome of the study and uh, what were the results with all of this? Yeah, so we had, um, so it was a six-week study, and so like I said, there was over, there was about 32 participants. And so the ending results were that the uh, participants in the ketogenic group were able to lose a significant amount of body fat while still maintaining and improving their performance to the same degree that the control group did. So they maintained their um, lean body mass and were able to drop body fat which was what our hypothesis, that was the hypothesis actually, that um, one, they would lose body fat, and two, that they would maintain um, their performance. Um, So going into it, I actually thought that they would probably maybe maintain their performance, um, but not increase it to the same degree that the control group did. But at the end, they actually did um, increase it to the same degree that the control group did without, and the control group actually ended up not losing any body weight or any body fat, and actually gained a small amount so oh that's such a good result i mean like you know all, all of the 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 studies that you do to to um you know reinforce the thing that you're looking for is always interesting but it, again like you can always find studies that w- will have will have the opposite effects you know but but it's so great that 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 was the outcome of the study and for those participants who lost body fat they're like that's the goal that's the goal of of for most people to to for exercises that they want to lose a little bit of extra weight and they don't want their performance to to be decrease so that that's amazing that's so awesome um was there any other uh things that really interested you from that study that you didn't really realize going in but were a great outcome as well um for this study i mean for myself too because i was kind of like i said that's when i started getting into keto for myself and i actually did hear this from some other people um who were going through the study that you know the whole mental clarity and mental benefits of it that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that's one of the main reasons why um i continued on as making keto like a lifestyle is that mental clarity you know the energy throughout the day um, and I definitely heard that from a lot of the participants. They, you know, they said, I don't have this afternoon crash anymore. You know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm more mentally, you know, aware of being able to focus more at work. So that that's definitely a lot of the feedback I got in that sense. And that's actually one of the things that I wish I had done for the study is kind of take a poll every week, um, maybe like some type of survey, like a, a mental or emotional, whatever type survey. Um, so yeah yeah interesting oh i mean i'm sure there's you're probably thinking more studies to come as well with all of this <laughs> but um but you know uh, outside of um doing studies and outside of the all of the the research-based um ketogenic stuff you've also actually been writing a book and you've been putting together a whole you know package of things that that not only help people uh, lose weight but but also you know aid their performance as well so um the 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 book that you have now uh correct me if i'm wrong it's it's live now or it's it's coming out the 21 day ketogenic diet weight loss challenge is that correct yep that's it (laughs) and it's yeah it came out i think two weeks ago now Oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, so, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about that and, and, you know, what sort of makes it different to what's already out there? Yeah, sure. So the book kind of came out of, um, I've been doing, um, I have an online, uh, 21 day keto challenge that it's more of like a keto course. So it's 21 days of, um, ta- getting into the ketogenic diet and, explaining it by you know breaking it up into different pieces i found that when i started to work with some people it was very overwhelming for them and they just there was just way too much information so Mm. i found that breaking it up into different topics you know throughout a three-week period and really you know education being the key the key aspect of it um so that's what my online challenge is and you know they start every monday and there's a whole community online community aspect involved in that and so the book kind of stemmed out of that and i wanted something 
that um, you know complemented the online challenge, but also looked more into um, obviously weight loss is is in the name and it's on it's the biggest words on the cover. That wasn't actually my um, that was more of the publishers wanted weight loss to be you know the main thing on it you know all that publicity <laughs> stuff but yeah, um yeah. if you actually open the book and, and look at the the contents of it it really hones in on different aspects of lifestyle so yes keto as the main focus in the nutrition aspect of it but then um, looking at stress management mindset exercise all of those type of things that kind of play into a healthy lifestyle, healthy weight loss, maintaining that weight loss, um, and then also having, you know, the second half of the book is over 100 keto-friendly recipes that are actually all, um, I made it so they're, they're all under 10 grams of total carbs, just so that people, because I know like a lot of books that I've looked at and, you know, I've looked at them all, though a lot of them are based on just net carbs, so for people who you know really want to focus on the total carbs, it makes it a little bit easier. And then also just taking those higher carb foods and making them low carb was the main aspect of it. So you know your pizza, bread, all that type of thing. Mm, yeah, and and it's something that so many people love. They just they really want to have pizza, but on the ketogenic, it's like you know the grass is always greener on the other side. You always want the things that you can't have, and so I. I totally understand what you're saying with regards to the recipes like uh you know the the most popular recipes on my website are all the substitute ones like bread and <laughs> chocolate chip cookies and pizza and all that sort of stuff which is awesome um but but it's interesting that you say that uh you know a lot of the recipes you give the total carbs and that's that's been a big question for me as well uh is that you know oh i track total carbs as opposed to net carbs do you, uh, in those recipes, do you also include sugar alcohols or is that um, minus and you're just, you know, you're just using the fiber as, as the, the, you know, part of the equation for the net carbs? Yeah. So in most of the, I mean, the only part where I probably use some of the sugar alcohols would be in the dessert section. Um, so I kind of stayed away from them. And the reason I, that I suggest, I mean, when I'm working with people and, and what I always preach is definitely if you're, especially if you're first starting off to track total carbs um, and to focus, you know, if you're tracking total carbs and focus on um, if you're having vegetables and say, you know, vegetables such as avocados or, you know, leafy greens or whatever, and you go above your allotted carb number for those vegetables, like that's not a big deal that's okay. Um, and that's where I would say net carbs comes into play in that area when you're talking about whole foods, but there's so much gray area right now in terms of all the packaged foods and Mm. all of, all of these companies, you know, pushing out net carbs. And so that's where it gets really confusing for a lot of people. And so I say, you know, kind of just put that all away and just, if you're going to track, track total. And like I said, focus on more of the whole food sources, Um, So that's pretty much what I focused on in the recipes and also making them as simple as possible while still obviously tasting good and and teaching people that they can, you know, lose weight and and maintain weight loss and become healthier while still eating food that actually tastes good. So that's Mm. the, the big premise of it. Yeah, it's it's so good, you know, because um, for most people, cutting out sugar is is possibly one of the hardest things they'll do in their life, which is which is great, which is fantastic. Um, but but yeah, tracking those uh, those total carbs is is really important because you you quickly start to realize that. Um, those packaged keto foods like we don't have many of those in Australia because Australia is so far away and we just have less people and so there's not enough <laughs> of a market really um, and, and, and there are some companies who are, who are doing really well at it and doing um, whole food approaches here in Australia which is fantastic but yeah I, I see all these like oh it only has three grams of net carbs but oh we've jacked it full of mal- maltitol and you <laughs> yeah. go well uh, <laughs> that's not really right yeah. Um, so yeah if, if, you're, if you're out there and you're listening to this um you know, I, I definitely think eating a whole food approach to keto is going to give you so much better results um, than just going out and... I mean, like, okay, so so there's there's a lot of different camps. Um, <laughs> some people who, who don't like to track, which is totally fine, and then and then some people who do track and, and track very meticulously, which is also fine as well. So whichever camp you're in, um, 
focusing on whole foods and not being scared of going over your carb limit with vegetables because that's also a question I get a lot as well. Have you ever had that one where um, people are scared of going over their carbohydrate limit with green vegetables and people are also really, really scared of um, going over their protein limit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, definitely have had that um i think and i'm think that that is more and more you know research and more um you know even anecdotal research is coming out that you know we shouldn't be so scared of protein as was once thought you know in a traditional keto diet and i think i think it it like i said it's very individual so it also depends on you know what your goal is with following this type of lifestyle um is it therapeutic is it you know, are you trying to prevent uh, prevent seizures for epilepsy? Are you trying to, um, you know, prevent Alzheimer's disease? Stuff like that. Um, or trying to treat a specific disease. Um, and you, you know, or maybe if you're more insulin, re- insulin resistant, you know, you might not be able to handle as much protein as someone who's super active. So mm-hmm. I think that's another area that um, there's still a lot to be done in that area and we still have so much more research to do so much more um making it you know individual for the person um so that's what i would say on that is that there's a way to get started and after that like that's why you know (laughs) 21 days three weeks you know you can implement certain things there and really you know set yourself up to succeed long term but the long term success really comes from finding you know what works for you individually and for your goals in particular um so that's always what i try to to tell people is that it's not one size fits all maybe in the beginning it is a little bit but once you continue on it definitely is very individual yeah that's oh that's so interesting um because yeah i mean like long-term success is is exactly what you said down to what works for you and um and and people have found that approach to work well in in all across the board in all types of nutrition um but for for the ketogenic diet specifically i feel like there are a lot of people who have um succeeded in maintaining their lifestyle as opposed to um, constantly being in a yo-yo state or this rebound state where they're um, suffering from, you, you know, they've they've had too many cravings and they've and they've pushed pushed the limit a little bit. Um, is that something that like do you do you keep in contact with the people after they've done the 21 days, and uh, and have you seen success from them continuing forward with that as well? Yeah, for sure, and and that's something that I totally agree with that you know, and that's what I preach too, like keto it's very sustainable and, and low carb. Um, it's, it's very sustainable if you're educated on it and you know, like what to substitute for what. And as you kind of, you know, heal your body and heal your hormones and, and move forward, you become, you know, you walk into that donut shop and that donut is not very appealing as appealing as it was maybe a year ago. You know what I mean? So Mm. I think that's huge as well. And that's something that I've noticed for myself doing this for over three years is that, I'm not, you know, my cravings for sugar are not <laughs> what they used to be. Um, and I've, you know, found many different ways to substitute and just kind of your body changes. Like you start to crave different things. And um, so, yeah, for sure. Definitely um, the people have gone through my challenge. They've, I've had many, many people tell me that they have adopted this as a lifestyle. And yes, there's going to be times where, you know, you're celebrating or you're going to have a piece of cake and whatever, but that's obviously not the end of the world. <laughs> um, mm. So yeah, that's definitely actually had my prior boss. I got her and she's a marathon runner actually. Um, oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. And I actually got her, she went through my first initial 21 day challenge that I had before it was, you know, ever a business or a website or anything like that. And she actually just texted me yesterday and said that she is going to start um, coaching people on keto because she loves it. She's been doing it for over a year now and she is in it for the long term. She loves the lifestyle and she um, has started telling more people about it and she really enjoys teaching them. So she's actually going to open her own business and start uh, coaching people of how to, you know, adopt a ketogenic lifestyle and in particular in marathon training so thought that was pretty that's cool. awesome <laughs> wow. okay okay yeah marathons are a whole nother thing you know because um i i did a ketogenic marathon a few months ago now and um 
and it's it's tough you know i i definitely think that there's a lot of training involved outside of the the ketogenic diet and then there's um you know being fat adapted enough to be able to get through a marathon it's 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 pretty intense like i definitely think that you need a coach to be able to do that so so um yeah that's awesome that she's doing that but you, you know so so you also do um some coaching as well with the ketogenic diet are there any things that uh, are common to the clients that you go through or the people that you work with that's um, uh, limiting people's success so is there something that you come across all the time that people come to you and and they say look i'm struggling with a ketogenic diet and you go well it's this this and this do you have those types of things when you talk to people or is it or is it a little bit different yeah no of course um i think one of the main things and, and one of the overall things is that when people first start off is um, they're getting information from all over the place, um, obviously Google being the biggest thing. And so they're seeing all this conflicting information. They don't know where to start. They don't know if they should track net carbs or total carbs and they just don't know and they're just confused. And so that's the main thing. And that's kind of what, um, like I said, giving little pieces along the way for like a three week period helps in that sense. But then also what I've found too, which a lot of people struggle with is that, you know, they'll get into it and they'll, they'll start doing it for, you know, a week or so. And maybe they don't see the results they want. And then they start changing things or, you know, changing things right away. And then you don't really know what's working and what's not. So I think one of the biggest things is that, um, kind of, setting yourself up, having a plan and sticking to that plan for, you know, at least the three weeks or the month and not trying to, um, I've had people like, oh, should I have some more carbs? Should I have some more protein? Like trying to, you know, change all those little things at once, especially in the beginning is really, you know, confusing and it's stressful and you're adding more stress to what's already a stressful period. So I think that's huge is just kind of simplifying it and making it as easy as possible for the person is what will allow you to be successful down the line. Yeah, that's, that is a really good mindset to have because um, I always remember Tim Ferriss talking about this and he would say, uh, if you were to do this, you know, um, how, how can you make this uh, uh, the most successful thing you've done? I guess, I, I, I'm not quite sure how he words it, but it's like, you know, if think about the things that you are going to fail at and how can you remove that failure or how can you, um, even if you do this and if you do fail, how can this be a learning experience for you or how is this going to be a 100% success? And, uh, and, you know, going through that mindset and setting up just really simple things, really simple goals, really simple attitudes, and then just sticking with those for a, an allotted amount of time will actually give you better results as opposed to trying intermittent fasting and trying like um, the carb refeeds and, you know, doing all of these things that, that uh, uh, ultimately just pulling away from your main goal. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that it's, it's interesting that you say that because there are so many people out there who do have a lot of questions. But also when you go and talk to someone uh, about the ketogenic diet, um, you also have this accountability to, uh, I don't know how your type of coaching works or what, what this, what, you know, it all is, but when you have someone to show up for every single week and say, I was doing this, I was doing that, I was doing that, and you've been given a set of guidelines of, you know, like total carbs or um, anything else that you prescribe to people, um, they, they, they sort of come back and say, look, this has been really working and I know that this is working now because I've actually done it. Uh, and, and I had this, uh, it, it brings back to mind this, this um, I went and got my bike retuned because I was, I was training for a big race and um, I'd watched a thousand YouTube videos on how to like, you know, get all the measurements right on your bike and make sure the stem's out properly and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I just wanted to be done with thinking about it. And so I paid a certain amount of money. I can't remember what it was, but it was enough to, for me to like feel like I was breaking the bank <laughs> and get this bike fit done. And, you know, I was only a centimeter out in the entire fit. But the the, the biggest achievement was this, that I never had to think about it ever again. Um, and do you, get, do you get that sense of release from, from people who not only do your uh, keto 21 day challenge but also like come back to you for advice as well yeah yeah of course and that's something that like going back to the people who initially um when i initially had the challenge um over it was a year ago now um i've had people 
reach out to me, you know, six months after or eight months after, and they, they say, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of someone in particular, they had, you know, a slip up, but they got right back into it. And they're just like, they're thanking me so much for, you know, introducing them to this lifestyle. And they're saying, you know, this is something that I've never been able to sustain any type of, you know, diet like this before. And I don't even feel like it's a diet anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm losing weight. I've kept the weight off. I feel great. And so that's really just what kind of motivates me to keep, you know, keep going and, and teaching people is because it really does work if you, if you commit to it long-term and, and still allow yourself to have, to enjoy life. Like, you know, we have to be realistic about it. You know, if you, if you go to a wedding or some, or a birthday party and you have a piece of cake, like it's not the end of the world, but as long as you kind of get back on the bandwagon and, you know, realize that this is a lifestyle and that you have to make it a lifestyle in order to find the long-term success. Like that's the main thing. Um, but I think that the people who, you know, go through it and they, they're sticking with it, at least getting past like that six month mark or even that year mark, then it's like, there's no going back. Mm, mm, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I'm so glad you say that because there are a lot of people who they, they, I guess they you might go to a wedding and as you were saying, they might have a piece of cake or something and then try and fix it. And they try and um, do all these crazy things to try and get back into ketosis as quickly as possible. Um, what's your st- sort of stance on that? Because I, I, I just, you know, just get back onto eating keto food straight afterwards. And you sort of know that it'll take a few days to get back in. But but what what's your approach with that? And, and how do you uh, sort of process that mentally, I guess? Yeah, so I would say the first thing is that, you know, you shouldn't fear getting out of ketosis per se. So, you know, like I think you mentioned this, our bodies are kind of primed to go in and out of it. So um, the the problem is that most of humanity and America and everybody, they just have never gotten into a a state of ketosis because they're always consuming high carbs and sugar. So they're really never Mm. able to get into that um, to be able to produce ketones or use fat for fuel or become fat adapted. Like it just, it ha- it doesn't really usually happen unless you're obviously following a ketogenic lifestyle. So I would say that for those people, you know, who, who are trying to get back into ketosis, um, I think exactly what you said that you should just focus on getting back into your normal routine, you know, eating the whole foods, eating the high quality foods, um, not necessarily, you know, the next day testing your blood and making sure you know you're back in ketosis um i don't think that i think obviously like i said for therapeutic reasons that has a huge Mm. um huge benefits and you may need to be in a deeper state of ketosis for that but for your everyday person who's just looking to maintain a healthy lifestyle maintain um weight loss if that was what their goal was that just going back to eating healthy and and implementing the strategies that you've learned along the way um, that's the biggest thing. So that's what I would say. Just go back to your normal routine. Don't, you know, don't kill yourself for having a piece of cake. Um, (laughs) and then again, also like we talked about, or you, you said, and I mentioned this in the book is that there's different phases. So the ultimate goal is in my eyes is to become more metabolically flexible. So Mm. if you're able to, you know, go out and have a piece of cake and then come back and, the next day or the next few days and get back into it and get back into your normal routine you'll probably be able to do that a little bit faster the more adapted you are um so i think that's kind of the ultimate goal is just to become more adapted allow your body to use you know fat as the main source of fuel but then obviously some carbs here and there um i think that's the should be the ultimate goal for people when they're you know looking to get into this into this lifestyle so mm, yeah i i totally agree and uh yeah it's important to 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 point out that you know going and having a piece of cake cake every single day is uh ultimately moving you away from your goal oh, so yeah, you, you, yeah it's it's a it's a lifestyle like you can't just be like well i had a wedding every single day oh, yeah. and um, that's why i'm not keto <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that, i mean that you know there's there's limits to that but oh, yeah but uh, i wanted to ask you about um your ketogenic diet in particular because i know that your um you know, you, you do a lot of uh, weightlifting with the CrossFit style, um, but you also do 
you know, stuff outside of that. How does your ketogenic diet differ to the people um, inside the, the, the course? And, and maybe what does like an everyday diet look for you? Yeah. So, I mean, right now I'm not at all an elite athlete or anything like that. Like I do CrossFit as a leisurely fun activity. Um, I'm no more, nowhere near any of the elite CrossFitters. Um, my goals, you know, now and what have been for a while is more of that mental clarity and that focus. And I've noticed that as I'm, you know, working throughout the day, like my mental clarity is way, way better if I'm you know, in a state of ketosis or in, you know, a low carb, lower carb state. Um, so that's really what my goals are for, for, you know, staying in ketosis or, you know, staying low carb. Um, and yeah. obviously again, if I'm going, you know, there's going to be some occasions where I'm living my life and going on vacation and I'll, you know, splurge once in a while, but most of the time I, I don't, um, I just kind of, eat like i said eat whole food whole foods um i have implemented a lot more intermittent fasting which i didn't do in the beginning um and that's also like you said um kind of building your way up to that i think is super important um so that's kind of my daily um or if i'm doing some type of experiment then it it differs but usually it's more you know wake up have coffee um do more intermittent fasting then i'll have like lunch after my, I work out around noon and then I'll have lunch after that and then I'll have dinner. Um, so it's more of like a two meal per day type of thing. Um, but recently I've been implementing a lot more, um, different types of fasting protocols and playing around with those. Um, and so that's kind of where the area that I'm in right now is just playing around with that and just kind of experimenting. Oh, okay. All right. This is, <laughs> I, I know all of this podcast is so interesting because, uh, fasting in particular, um, I, I haven't really dabbled with too much because I have I've previously been diagnosed with antibodies in my thyroid and so I was always like scared to be pushing the limits with fasting but but um, what what sort of fasting protocols uh, and and obviously don't do any of this stuff without um, prior doctor's consent but uh, what sort of fasting protocols have you been doing and do things like coffee um, kick you out of a fast Uh, how does that sort of work for you (laughs) yeah so I would say there's so many different like methods to fasting and and I think it really depends on like what your goal is um but I mean, in essence, fasting is in the absence of, of any food or calories. Um, that's like what a true fast is. Um, but I do think that, and I talk about this in the book too, is that there is definitely um, some merit to like fat fasting or having, you know, a little bit of coconut oil or MCT oil in your coffee if the goal is, you know, um, mental clarity and more focus. Um, but also you can have that as well from just fasting full on. Um, so so I think it just depends. And I also think that like for what I've been experimenting with lately is more of a stricter alternate day, uh, fasting protocol. So, um, 24 hours on 24 hours off, um, Mm. alternate day. Um, and that would be just, uh, water, black coffee and, um, some, you know, sodium, some extra electrolytes there. Um, so that's what I've been playing around with lately. And I've, found um i never used to be a black coffee person and i found that i just made myself do it for one week straight and i was like oh, okay this is this is fine i can you know um now <laughs> yeah. i can actually taste the coffee and not that i couldn't yeah. before but i used to put like a little bit of heavy cream or i put some mct powder or something in it um so now i kind of i'm actually enjoying the black coffee a little bit more and then i kind of when i'm looking for like a little bit more of a boost maybe i'll add some mcts or or something like that um but yeah, so that's just, and I think mostly every day, like for the past few years, I've been doing more of an intermittent fasting protocol. So I haven't really, you know, eaten breakfast in a, <laughs> in a while, which is something that when I, before I was keto, I was like, I would wake up hungry every day. Um, yep, so that's pretty yep. cool. Um, and then, but obviously still like enjoying the weekend. So on the weekends I'll have, if I'm going out to brunch or something like that. So I think it's the main thing with fasting is you need to make it so that it fits your schedule and your lifestyle. Mm. And so one thing that I did try that completely failed was doing an earlier fasting protocol. So trying to finish eating by like four o'clock in the afternoon and then not eat the rest of the night. I found that that was really hard because it inhibited me from, you know, enjoying dinner with, 
my roommates or my family and stuff like that. And so that had a, a really big, it just added a bigger stress. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest thing that when people are starting to Im- implement fasting is that they need to find a way that it works with their schedule and, you know, go at it that way. Yeah, it's so important you say that too, because I'm someone who still loves to eat breakfast, even though on a ketogenic diet. And I know that like some people are like, no, I hate breakfast. And that's totally fine. But I would much rather skip lunch than I would um, skip dinner because there's a lot of, as you said there's a lot of social pressures around dinner and uh, when you don't eat dinner or when you're out with people and they're looking at you and you're like you're not going to order anything you're like no 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 I'm fasting and they're like what are you doing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it just it, it becomes hard and then you have to answer all these questions about why you're keto and then why you're doing <laughs> this and that and then it just there's a whole rabbit hole yeah um, and I do think there is like definitely merit and and definitely health benefits um to you know following the, your circadian rhythm and you know maybe not eating close as close to bedtime but i think that in the social aspect of things and the way that you know our society is now it really just the main goal should be finding what works for you and that you can sustain um i keep saying this <laughs> long term because you know you can do anything for a few days or a few weeks but you know having that long term is is what's you know going to be your ultimate keep you at your best self and your ultimate um health and longevity for sure Mm, yeah definitely and um and also uh, something that i i want to you know go through and and maybe test or do some type of i don't know video around this but but uh uh, i know that uh dr Rhonda patrick i'm I'm not sure if you follow her stuff but she uh she does a lot of work in um you know dna type deals and uh she was saying that black coffee in particular uh it excretes um certain you know things from your liver certain chemicals from your liver that will um not break a fast but will alter it and and it it would be very very interesting as to how much caffeine will push you into a uh um an insulin response Mm -hmm. and then kick you out of a, a fast that would be a really interesting thing to sort of look over and, and study I'm, i might do like an n equals one or an x equals one whatever <laughs> yeah there's so many x's in studies but <laughs> yeah. what's your take on no that? i i totally agree and i mean i think that just goes back to the you know lifestyle thing as well like i'd love mm. to do a, a longer water fast and start implementing that maybe i'll get into that but you know right now i'm just I love coffee and so um, I've seen the benefits of, you know, still having black coffee in terms of mentally and and emotionally, I guess. (laughs) Um, So I just think it's a lot harder to do a water fast, but I think like if you can do that and, and, you know, you have the willpower to do that, by all means do it. And I definitely, um, I've done like a 24 hour water fast before and and it was fine. Um, But I think with you know, where I am in my life right now, I don't feel the need to do that right now. Um, I definitely, mm. there's definitely benefits to it, um, mm. autophagy and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, all the power to you for sure. <laughs> well, welcome to being a coffee snob, by the way, because <laughs> when you start being, when you start enjoying black coffee, it's like, Ooh, that coffee wasn't your, like yeah. you no longer have instant coffee and it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> There's a big rabbit hole. So, so welcome to the team. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, black coffee's my jam. Um, nice. So, uh, I, I really like to end the podcast with some quick, rapid-fire questions. And you know, I say quick and rapid and fire, but they're not. <laughs> they're just they're just shorter questions that aren't as long as the ones we previous were talking about. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so the first one is, uh, what is your favorite keto food? favorite keto food um so like i guess i can answer this two ways um so i guess everyday food would be avocados for sure i love avocados (laughs) um and then maybe like favorite like keto treat or treat meal i like to call them um would definitely be uh keto pizza like a buffalo chicken uh pizza for sure made keto obviously and okay so so how do you make the base what's your go-to base so i've played around with that a lot um just usually the the traditional fathead um dough but i've actually played around with some different some different you know nut-free versions and dairy-free versions um i actually have 
like three different versions in my book that kind of point to different people. So if you have like a nut allergy or a dairy, dairy allergy, there's different recipes in that sense. So I like to experiment, but I think um, probably the traditional fathead dough is like what I would obviously I enjoy that one <laughs> the most um mm. but like I said it's not like an everyday thing it's more of a, a treat meal mm, totally yeah and and I remember Liz Williams from one of the previous podcasts that I was doing she has this fantastic recipe that includes chicken as the base like shredded t- canned chicken mm. um and and I've been really interested to try it out so I'm gonna have to tag her in the oh like the a place. pizza sure. like a meat crust yeah like oh, a yeah. meat crust yeah that's exactly right <laughs> yeah, yeah i have i have one of those in in the book too but that's oh. definitely another another option um i love doing like different meat crust pizza or even like uh there's some there's one in there that's actually taken from do you know robert sykes keto savage i do yeah yes, so I he <laughs> he came up with like this mackerel crust pizza which is like he calls oh. it the omega omega-3 pizza or whatever um so i yeah, put right. a guest recipe in the book um of his recipe for the mackerel crust which actually came out really good and that was the first time i actually tried mackerel and now i i really like it as like a you know a canned food i get the wild planet foods version of it um but it tastes kind of like tuna i guess a little bit better actually i think um so that's just another another one (laughs) there's so many different options Oh man, yeah! Shout outs to to Robert Keo Savage and, and Crystal as well <laughs> yeah. for for those awesome recipes. Um, all right, so what's your favorite exercise? Favorite exercise? Um, I love lifting. I mean, I think that's probably my favorite right now because I, that's what I do. Um, I don't know. I don't have. Oh, okay, well, I guess um, basketball was like I was a huge basketball player in high school. I actually. Um, wanted to play in college and I actually almost went to college for like a D3, nothing like crazy. Um, it didn't end up happening because I got injured and whatever, but basketball is definitely still my first love, I would say. Um, so that's probably my main one. That's cool. All right. So, so I'm six foot five, so I played basketball by default. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, basketball is always, it's such a great game too. Like it's, it's speedy. It's really explosive. Like I would totally agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So in contrast to your favorite food, what is your least favorite keto food? Least favorite keto food. Oh man. I like, I love all food. (laughs) Um, I don't. There's nothing that I, like, absolutely hate. Um, I mean, my the only thing I can think of that is a food that I just absolutely don't like is grapefruit, which is not really keto anyway. Um, mm, but mm. I don't think I have a least favorite keto food. What's yours? Mine? Oh, damn. You've just, <laughs> like, short-circuited the system. I, I, yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. Like, I uh, sometimes salmon can be a little bit too much. Okay. Uh, like really fishy fishy types uh, tastes can be too much for me um but yeah i, I <laughs> that's sort of my answer yeah i don't um, know there's nothing really that like that i can well think of. okay so so for, for some people you know m- um they may not like avocados mm-hmm. and uh, and they're like what you don't like avocados yeah yeah so so well that's that's totally fine oh and by the way you love avocados which is awesome how much are avocados usually when you go to the shops do i usually eat or yeah no oh no so so if you were to buy an oh, avocado buy. what's the what's the usual price of one of those uh well i live in california right now so it depends they're if they're on sale like i stock up um and it depends on the size too so like if you go to like a trader joe's they'll have like the mini avocados which are usually like under a dollar a piece um or the bigger ones that are a little bit more um but i usually like when I go to the grocery store, or if I'm going to the farmer's market, like I'll stock up on them if they're, you know, on sale or a good price and just throw them in my refrigerator. Um, once they get to be a little bit soft, um, just throw them in your refrigerator and they last like weeks on end. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good tip. Uh, I was, um, yeah, like avocados here in Australia are just so expensive. <laughs> How much are they there? <laughs> well, you know, they're $2 currently at the moment, which is cheap, which is really per cheap. Per avocado. Are they big though? Per, or are they just avocado. like small? Um, they're probably about maybe fist size, I okay. guess. 
Okay. Yeah, so they're they're like normal size, yeah. But, but that's that's cheap for Australia, and then and then they can get it anywhere up to like four dollars fifty each. Oh wow! <laughs> just, <laughs> just crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so in contrast to your favorite exercise, what is your least favorite exercise? Least favorite exercise. And it can be like a, a least favorite lift as well, if that helps. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, I would say in terms of lifting, probably. The one that I suck at most is snatches. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just never can get good at those. I also, you know, like I said, I'm not an elite athlete, so I, I do CrossFit, but I do it, you know, for fun. And and so I could probably practice them more, but, you know, I spend my time doing some other, thi- other things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's probably the one that I'm worst at. But, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's totally cool. I, I don't think... I can't even do a snatch. So you're <laughs> one above me there. Uh, are you currently taking any supplements outside of prescription medication that could be uh, interesting to know about? Um, Not really. I do take some... Um, like, if I'll take, like, some electrolytes before a workout. Sometimes, like, those Keto Vitals or the Perfect Keto electrolytes, mm. um, those tablets. Or um, I like to make, uh, like, Jell-O out of grass-fed gelatin and the ultima replenisher have you heard of that brand yeah i have i've heard a, a little bit about it but in australia it's so hard to get <laughs> yeah so it's a brand that uses um pretty clean ingredients um they mm. do use a little stevia to sweeten it um, but they have cool flavors and i don't know if you ever had like the that those jello packs that are like the cherry jellos um in the grocery store have you ever had those? Uh, <laughs> <nope>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they have them in Australia, but they they have them all over in in America. But um, I actually found a re- figure out a recipe that uh, you can make Jello that tastes like exactly like the cherry Jello using this Ultima Plunisher and some some grass fed gelatin. Um, so I like that, and I put maybe like some homemade whipped cream on top, um, and so I get the you know the benefits from the gelatin and some electrolytes in there as well. So that's probably my main yeah i don't really take that many supplements um mm. I, whole foods yeah whole foods for sure yeah. all the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do you have any books or videos that have recently inspired you um so i actually recently reread um <coughs> sorry excuse me uh Dr. jason fung's the obesity code um because oh, <laughs> like yeah, i yeah. said i'm starting to get do a little bit more experience experiments with some different fasts and and get more um, educated in that realm and so I actually finished reading his rereading his book um, and yeah that's definitely one that I love and I think anybody in who's interested in health and also weight loss and weight maintenance and all of that um, should definitely look into reading that book the obesity Ooh, that's cool yeah the obesity code so all of these will be in the show notes uh, for anyone that's interested um, fun fact about the obesity code uh, the, the the cover of the book looks identical to a cover from Ryan Holiday, and I can't remember what book it is. But if anyone else has also made that like uh, that match in their head as well, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah I I don't know. <laughs> yeah no that's uh, I I think I think I must have just stumbled across them on on Amazon. They might have been on the same page, and I was like what. <laughs> Um, so I was a musician for ages, um, and so I really like hearing people's music taste. Uh, what are your classics? Like, what are the the styles of music you go back to? And then, have you been listening to anything interesting recently? Uh, yeah. So I'm definitely like a hip hop rap kind of person. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. I haven't really been listening to a lot of music lately. I usually, if I'm, you know, working out alone or something like that, then I'll listen to music. Um, I've I usually replace that time with like podcasts so if you know traditionally I used to you know go hang out at the pool or something like that on a weekend and listen to music but I found that I enjoy listening to podcasts a lot more just because it helps (laughs) me learn more and and become more you know versed in different areas so um podcasts are definitely my go-to these days yeah I would have to agree as well like I I 
um, now that I work from home all the time, I don't actually get the commute to actually listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really missing that. I just really need to take the time out and, um, you know, use it at workouts or something. But yeah, it's what, okay. So, so are you an old school hip hop sort of, <laughs> sort of girl or a, a new school? I'd say a little bit of both. But like I said, I'm not like a huge, huge music person. Um, All right, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up playing piano because I was forced to, but oh. <laughs> forced to meaning like <laughs> my parents really encouraged it, but they, it didn't really. <laughs> I was like, you know, like actually, I was forced to do like the the piano recitals, which I actually absolutely hated. Um, oh, but I was definitely a rebel in the sense that I would just never practice, and I would go out and like play basketball instead. Um, so, yeah, I've just I, I guess I've never been a huge music person, but for sure, like hip hop and rap is definitely my like what I turn to if I'm gonna listen to to music. Go to yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I see. I used to be a guitar teacher, and I was that person that you'd come to every single week when your parents told you <laughs> you had to play guitar. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'd be like piano teachers out there with the the same. Yeah. <laughs> just go. Look, it's no use teaching these kids because their parents are making them come here. They don't want to be here. So let's just go play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly exactly how I felt. That would have been way more fun. <laughs> so, um, so out you know outside of this podcast where can people find you where can people get in contact with you in touch where can people get the 21 day ketogenic diet weight loss challenge book is uh is there a all-encompassing place for all of this yeah so that would probably be the easiest place is my website is uh killing it um with no g just killing it <laughs> Um, and I have, uh, yeah, the books up there. The book is, uh, on Amazon now and you can find it in most, I think like Barnes and Nobles and, and Sam's club. Those are the two places I've seen it. Um, and then on Instagram is probably where I'm most active in terms of social media, um, at same killing it keto. Um, yeah. Cool. And, um, and I just wanted to say a big thank you uh, from all of the listeners and from me as well uh, for coming on the podcast because I know that time is precious and when you have all of these things to, to do in a day, uh, it, it, it's really overwhelming to be able to take an hour out and say, all right, I'm going to go record this podcast. Um, so, so I just wanted to say thank you. And uh, it's been such a great chat. I, I, I really enjoy um, talking to you know people who are sort of on the same wavelength which is cool um and uh and have sort of the the same goals and the same ideas about the ketogenic diet so that's really fantastic of course thank you for having me i'm I'm happy to be here thank you so much for listening if you loved this podcast make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives if you could do one small act of kindness for today i would greatly appreciate a review from you it's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week. All right. Talk soon. Okay.